The broadcast you're about to hear was made possible because somewhere a radio friend made the choice to give. You too can become a radio friend to someone in need of an encouraging word right now. Just visit walkwiththeking.org and click the donate button. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? You doing all right today? Well, I trust so. Bless your heart. Nice to be back with you. This is your friend Bob Cook, and we're looking at Psalm 37. We've come now to uh, the last half of verse 31. It says, The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. There is a connection between your actions and your heart commitment. Oh, of course, you know that. But so often we, th- we say, oh, I don't know how this happened. Well, yes, really you do if you stop to think about it. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I listened not too long ago to the testimony of one of God's great servants who told the story of what happened in years past when actions that were later to be regretted took place because the individual had been thinking about it and thinking about it and fantasizing about it, and then all of a sudden, it happened. Now, the sobering truth is that what we think becomes what we do and say. We create circumstances by our thoughts. as a frightening thing. We think, of course, we consider that our thoughts are our own private domain. A man's daydreams and fantasies, a woman's dreams and hopes, and the things that flit through your mind when it is running, as my father used to say, using the machinist's term, running loose pulley. (laughs) You know, you don't have to think about anything. What do you think about then? Oh, to realize that what I have in my heart what I'm thinking about actually is created in terms of the circumstances. Which makes it all the more important that my thoughts should be stayed on God and his word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I have found that memorized scripture is the best preventative for daydreaming and wandering thoughts. Fill your heart and mind and memory with the Word of God, and the faithful Holy Spirit will crank it out into your stream of consciousness just when you need it. You who are kept, says Peter, by the power of God through faith unto salvation. God will keep you. God will use His Word If you will read it, meditate on it, memorize it, and put it back into the computer portion of your mind, the Holy Spirit of God will crank it out for you just when you need it. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. There's a connection between the thoughts of my heart and the steps of my actions and reactions. We actually create our circumstances by our thoughts. 
Some of you may have in your library that book that was written a good many years ago called Think and Grow Rich. Now, there's a good deal of hype in the book and a, and a lot of, uh, of uh, well, it's hyperbole, you know. It's exaggeration for effect is what the, the rhetoric book calls it. But there's a basic principle involved that the man uh, uses, and that is what you think about constantly becomes part of your life. In it, I think it was in this book, he tells the story of, of the uh, sales manager who was faced with the fact that his sales force was doing very poorly. He called everyone together and uh, gave each of them a slip of paper and said, write on that slip of paper what you would like to accomplish in the next 12 months. And so they did. Now he said, put that slip of paper in your wallet and look at it every day. Well, remarkably, the sales curve began to turn up. There were more sales made by this same group without any seeming reason for it. The year passed, and he called them together again. He said, now, I want to know what has happened with that slip of paper that you wrote upon on which you put what you would like to accomplish. Well, one man said, I wrote down, pay off my mortgage. He says, I have. Another man wrote down, buy a new Packard car. It was a good many years ago when Packard cars were still the top of the line. Buy a new Packard car. He says, I got one. And so different ones had different goals all the way from mortgages to mink coats to whatever that they had wanted to achieve, and they had achieved them. Why? Because they had looked at that goal and thought about it every day. And that resulted in their working more successfully toward it. Benjamin Franklin did the same thing. He wrote down 12 or 13 different qualities that he wanted to achieve in his own life and, and thought about them and looked at the list of them every day. What you think about becomes what you are, which is so important then for the Christian because if you will put the word of God in your thoughts, see, for the wicked, the Bible says God is not in all his thoughts. Uh, wickedness is simply the absence of God in people's thoughts. And so if you put the word of God in your thoughts, God's blessed man concerning him, God says in Psalm 1, in his law doth he meditate day and night. And Paul said to Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then shalt thou have good success. Then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. I believe the only time in the Bible when the word success is used is right there, connected with meditating upon and obeying the word of God. There is a connection, isn't there? Let's make it, oh, dear friend, let's make it a dynamic connection in our lives, shall we? Get a portion of the Word of God every day and plow it into your heart and mind and memory so that the Holy Spirit of God can have you and have me thinking along the lines of the will of God and thus walking a non-skid kind of a path, none of his steps shall slide. What do you do about people that scheme against you? Doesn't that get you? 
when somebody is conspiring, somebody in the office is trying to get your job or go over your head to the boss and, and badmouth you, uh, you know, and you can't really retaliate because it just makes things worse. Uh, that gets to you, doesn't it? Conspiring against you. Well, here's the, the verse, verse 32. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. There is in every unbelieving heart the capacity to try to get believers out of the way. Some teacher said to my two older uh, girls when they were in high school, and there was some issue about social dancing and whatnot in connection with their gymnasium classes. We're, we're not social dancers, and so they had mentioned that, uh, that they were Christians. And this teacher in the presence of the whole class said, "You, we have a lot of trouble with you fundamentalists, and sent them out of the room. Oh, that's rough, isn't it? <laughs> you bet. There is, I say, in the unbelieving heart, the capacity, the, the, the inbred capacity, it would seem, to try to get believers out of the way. David Morkin, my dear friend of many years, missionary to the missionaries he has been in, in past years, a man who spent uh, some years in, in imprisonment in China after the fall of China and who then helped us set up Youth for Christ in Japan, a man who's full of the word of God, blessed brother. He said to me one time, the unbelieving heart cannot rest until it is organized in opposition to God. The unbelieving heart cannot rest until it is organized in opposition to God. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. Well, that's a rough assignment when you find somebody conspiring against you. What do you do? Strike back? Oh, no, you don't have to do that. Look at the next verse. The Lord will not leave him in his hand. God isn't going to leave you defenseless while somebody tries to, to uh, stab you, as we say, in the back. Nor condemn him when he's judged. Wait on the Lord. Keep his way. And he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. And when the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. You'll be a witness to what's happening to people who are caught in their own traps. That's the promise of God. God will take care of you. You don't have to conspire back at people. <clears throat> if they are planning to do you in, you don't have to say, we'll get them before they get us. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> Little boy came home crying. He said, Willie hit me with a rock. He was crying. Oh, they said, that's too bad. Then he said thoughtfully, but I got back at him. He said, how'd you do that, son? He said, I hit him with a rock yesterday. <laughs> you get others, you know. Do others before they do you is the, is the twisted version of the golden rule. Godless politicians and, 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 and Christ-hating people all over the world have used the theory that, that preventive strikes are the best, you know. Get somebody else because he's planning to get you. Don't wait till you're attacked, but you go get somebody else before, because you know he's planning to get you. That is the logic of the doomed and godless. You don't have to do that. He says the Lord will not leave him in the hand of the wicked, nor condemn him when he's judged. 
says, you wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. And when the wicked gets his comeuppance, you'll be watching. You'll be there. You can stand. You'll be a bystander, but you won't be a victim. The point I'm making is you never have to be the victim of circumstances if God is running your life. Our light affliction, Paul says, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding weight of glory. He says, trouble, you take all the modifiers out of that sentence and strip it down to its bare parts. And what does he say? Our light affliction, you could use the word trouble. Trouble works for us. Trouble works for us. That's what the Bible says. Romans 8.28 is quoted often without people realizing that that's the exact principle that's in that verse as well. And we know that all things work There's the verb again, work. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You never need to be the victim of circumstances, no matter what they are. They may be heartbreaking. They may be vicious. They may be painful. They may be disagreeable or all of the above, you know. But you never need to be the victim of circumstances if you're in God's hands. Why? Because circumstances work for you when God is running things. Hallelujah. It's great, isn't it? (laughs) Amen. Dear Father, today we give ourselves to Thee, run our lives, control the circumstances, and get glory to Thyself through it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.